you are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. we got a good Wednesday show for you. We're going to talk about that big game in college football this weekend, and that is Penn State, Ohio State. Got some numbers here to run to you, and I'm really shocked at where this line and total stands at right now. We're going to also talk about an update from your primetime games over-unders that I was off by a little bit yesterday, so I want to get you the correct numbers on that. We're also going to talk about the Major League Baseball playoffs as two teams are up 2-0. What are the stats on that? That and a whole lot more are coming up momentarily. First, I want to start to talk about the big game in college football this weekend. That is Penn State and Ohio State. This is the first of three games where the triangle of Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan start playing each other. Penn State is at Ohio State this weekend, and later on, Penn State is home against Michigan, and then Michigan plays Ohio State later on to end the season. So this is the first one. The dominoes are going to start falling here. Now, right now, Ohio State is a four-and-a-half point favorite with a point total of 45-and-a-half. Both teams are 6-0. and the Penn State Nittany Lions are averaging, giving up, I believe it is, let me get the exact number right, eight points a game. <laughs> they gave up 15 to West Virginia, seven to Delaware, 13 to Illinois, shut out Iowa, gave up 13 to Northwestern, shut out UMass. So that's 28 and 7 is 35 and 13 is 48. And they've played six games. So they're giving up eight points a game. Well, let's go to Ohio State side. Ohio State, 6-0. What are the points they've given up? Three points to Indiana, seven to Youngstown State, 10 to Western Kentucky, 17 to Notre Dame, 17 to Maryland, and seven to Purdue. So that's 34, 51, 58 in six games. And that's nine point, excuse me, 61 in six games. Wait, three? And 7 is 10, and 10 is 20, and 17 is 37, and 17 is 54, and 7, 61. So they've given up 61 points in six games. They're giving up 10 points a game. And the total on this is 45 and a half. Penn State giving up 8 a game. <laughs> Ohio State giving up 10 a game, and the total is 45 and a half. Now, you can't just do that because you have to take into consideration level of competition. Ohio State hasn't played anybody that's got – I guess, and a dominant offense, certainly not Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky does for a Sunbelt team. Notre Dame certainly doesn't have a powerful offense. Purdue, Maryland, probably the best offense. They gave up 17 to them. You know, Penn State hasn't played anybody. West Virginia, they gave up 15. Delaware, Illinois, Iowa. Of course, they shut out Iowa. Who doesn't? Northwestern got 13, and they shut out UMass. But here's the thing, when I'm looking at Penn State, even those six games, those six teams that nobody would consider a murderer's row, Drew Aller, the quarterback for Penn State, has only thrown over 208 yards in one game, and that was the first game of the year against West Virginia. He threw for 325. In the five games since then, he threw for 204, 208, 166, 189, 162. You're like, oh, they probably ran the ball really well, probably had a you know, 100, 150-yard running back. Not really. Their leading rusher, the most yards that any rusher has gotten in a game for Penn State this year, once somebody broke the 100-yard marker. 
and that was Allen for 103 in against Delaware. They've had high the high in rushing for a game for Penn State this season was 103. The other five games, 70, 54, 72, 80, 79. I, and Ohio State seemingly has a good defense, and they're playing really well. I, this total at 45 and a half, and look, I, you know, I know people don't like betting unders because you like to cheer for points. I get it. But this has under written all over it. And you would think the only way this goes over is if there's turnovers in their own territory and teams get short fields. But, you know, anytime you handicap a game, you're always giving your handicap saying you're assuming and it's like unspoken that the turnover battle is going to be pretty even. Not, one team's not going to turn it over three or four more times than the other. And one or te- one team's not going to turn it over multiple times inside their own 10 yard line or something like that. Or somebody fumbles a punt inside their own 20 to give the other team a short field. You're, you can't handicap that stuff. So basically every time you handicap, you're like, okay, two teams, assuming the turnovers are even, assuming there isn't anything crazy, a pick six, anything like that. But even then, even one defensive touchdown or one or two short fields, 45 and a half points for these two teams. I just don't think Penn State can score. This offense hasn't impressed me all season. Now, maybe Ohio State's defense has only given up 10 points a game because they've played a bunch of nobodies. But then again, so is Penn State's. And I guess somebody who wants to bet the over can say, yeah, they've only given up 8 points and 10 points respectively a game, but that's because they haven't played anybody. Now they're playing an offense that's good. Well, I would argue that Ohio State's offense is a lot better than Penn State's. I just see this game as under, and I'm telling you right now, this is going to be part of the three-team 10-point tease. I, I, you got to go under 55 and a half, tease this up 10 points and go under. I, there's, I'd be shocked if 56 points are scored in this game and I lose. So you know what? I'd put it in there right now. If you can somehow leave a, a three-team 10-point teaser and put one in and leave two open spots, do it. Because 55 and a half is just, it's asinine asinine that this game would score 56 points it's just my early thoughts but just looking at it I, you know neither team has an explosive offense even though and the crazy thing is penn state has scored over 30 points in every game this year like steve if they've scored over 30 in every game and they went beat massachusetts 63 to nothing last game with the quarterback only throwing for 162 why would you go under 45 and a half well, because I think they're playing the best defense they've played all year. I don't know how they put up 30 points in every game when they've only broken the 300-yard passing once and 100 yards rushing once. It's kind of head-scratching to me, but I don't put any stock into who they've beaten this year. West Virginia is probably their best win, but then you've got this gauntlet of nobodies, Delaware, Illinois, Iowa, Northwestern, and UMass. You can't tell me you know anything about Penn State football this year based on that schedule. And it's not like I'm giving Ohio State credit for their schedule either. They've played a bunch of nobodies. Indiana, Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, Notre Dame, Maryland, Purdue. So that's not a murderer's row either. I, I, I just I just like the under, and especially uh, in a teaser. Uh, 56 points. I mean, is someone... 56 points would be roughly both teams getting four touchdowns each. You know, that just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. 
So just know that I'm that's an early lean for me. And I wanted to make a correction in the NFL yesterday when I talked about primetime games. The Thursday night game, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game, I said, all these games are going under. It's crazy. I think I said 14 of 18. What I forgot was there was two Monday nights this year. The I want to say it was the 18th and the 25th of September where we had two games on each night. So there's actually been 20 primetime games. Six on Thursday, six on Monday, uh, six on Sunday night, and then eight on Monday nights. And here's the breakdown. So eight Monday night football games, because we had two games on back-to-back weeks, seven of those eight have gone under. There was one that did go over. Five of the six Sunday night games have gone under, and three of the six Thursday night games have gone under. So 20 primetime games and 15 of those 20 have gone under, including seven of eight on Monday Night Football and five of six on Sunday Night Football. So something to keep in mind, maybe the trend continues all season. Maybe it changes this week. You know, we've got a New Orleans-Jacksonville game on Thursday night, and New Orleans is on a roll right now that I don't know if anybody knows this, but going back to last season, the New Orleans Saints have gone under 12 straight games. So Vegas can't sit there under low enough, and no matter what they've set it at, for the last 12 games, it's still gone under. And I don't even know what Thursday night's, I don't even know what tomorrow night's line is for for that. Let me look it up real quick, because I can't imagine it's very high. Off the top of my head, I'd probably say 36, 37, right? It's got to be. You can't, for a team that's gone under 12 games in a row, how do you set it even more than that? So right now the line is Saints minus one, a total of 40. Really? We've got Trevor Lawrence struggling. We don't even know if he's going to play yet. He probably will end up playing, but he's coming off a bum knee that he hurt on the last play of the game against Indy and a Saints team that's gone under 12 games in a row and playing on Thursday night where, yes, half the Thursday night games have gone under and half have gone over, but just primetime games in general, like I said, 15 of them of the 20 have gone under. And you just got two teams that are very – the Saints are defensive-minded. The Saints can't score this year. Their offense has been horrible. I mean, this is another tease it up to 50 and go under. Uh, You got to, right? (laughs) I mean, you know what? Remember I told you just moments ago, you got to put Penn State, Ohio State, tease it up and go under in a three-team 10-point teaser. And I said, if you can leave two open spots, do that. Well, fill them one right now. We're going Saints under 50 and Ohio State under 55 and a half. And then by tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's podcast, I'll have the third team. And that's going to be my that's going to be my mixed three team 10 point teaser college and pro. You should be able to do that with any online book or your local book. So uh, do that and I'll have your third team for you tomorrow. All right, let's talk a little postseason baseball as two teams are now up two games to none. The Phillies took care of business at home. They won the first two games of the series against the Diamondbacks. An absolute rout last night, winning 12, or excuse me, 10 to nothing over the Diamondbacks. They're up 2 0. They're heading to Arizona for three games. Doesn't look good for Arizona. Obviously, you can come back. Can somebody win four in a row, four out of five? It is possible, but. Teams that win game one and two in the LCS at home are 17 and three in those series. So keep that in mind. I don't know what the number is 
for the Rangers because that was teams that won games one and two at home. The Rangers won games one and two on the road in the LCS. I don't even know how many times that's even happened. Probably not many. So I don't have the numbers for that. But Phillies, again, just look like an absolute juggernaut right now. Bryce Harper steps into the box, and I feel he's hitting the ball 450 feet every single time he swings the bat. If the Phillies and Rangers end up meeting in the World Series, I have a feeling, if I'm the Rangers, assuming nobody is on base, you are never giving Bryce Harper anything good to hit. You just can't. You can't take that chance. And if people are on base, unfortunately, you're going to have to pitch to them. But even then, I think they're going to just nibble because you, you can't. You can't give this guy anything good to hit. He is an absolute mashing machine when it comes to playoff baseball. I want no part of him in the playoffs. I really don't. He is so good. And their pitching is good. With Aaron Nola went last night. He was a stud. But Rangers are 7-0 and in the playoffs. And if the Phillies went out and they sweep the Diamondbacks, they're going to be, what, 9-1 uh, and in the playoffs. So it it'd probably be the best matchup we could hope for as a viewing audience. And I'm not saying that just to be biased. I'm saying that because these would be the two teams that are playing the best in the postseason, And that's what you want to see in the world series clearly, because anybody that gets to the world series has won a lot. But I think what the Rangers have done is pretty amazing in and of itself. Yes. The Phillies had to win two games in a wild card series, and then they had to go play the Braves who won the most games in the national league and now they're playing the D-backs. So they've kind of had the same road as the Rangers, except they had home field advantage because they were the four seed and they had home field advantage in their LCS series against Miami. Rangers had to do it a little more difficultly, difficult, had a little more difficult run, whereas the Rangers had to go win two in Tampa, the best, second best record in the AL. Then they had to go win two in Baltimore, which they did, and they came home and won game three and now have won the first two uh, in the series against the Astros, both on the road. So the Rangers, I, it's amazing. Not only are the Rangers 7-0 and in the playoffs, they're 6-0 and on the road. They've had one home playoff game. That's why tonight in Texas at the ballpark, well, not the ballpark, what's it called? Oh, Globe Life Field. Sorry about that. The GILF is what they call it, GLF, Globe Life Field. This is only going to be the second postseason game they've played. And if they win, let's say they win game three and four and they sweep the Astros. They'll be 9-0 and in the playoffs, but still twice as many games on the road as than as at home. And it's just, it'd be, an, it'd be an amazing, amazing run. But obviously, even though the Houston Astros aren't very good at home this year, 39-42, and 42, and if you conclude the playoffs, you know, I, I don't even know, I forgot what they did in, in round one at, at home, but... They've lost, you know, the first two at home to the Rangers. You just don't want to have to go back to Houston down 3-2 if they happen to sweep here. Or if you win only one out of three and you're down, yeah, yeah, down 3-2 um, if the if the Astros win two out of three. Uh, in, in Texas, the Rangers will be down 3-2. No, sorry. The Rangers will be down 3-2 if the Astros win th- all three in Texas, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The Rangers would be heading back to Houston up 3-2, even if they only win one out of these three games in Texas. But still, you don't want that. You want to put them away at home. And, you know, we've talked about the 7-0 record, 6-0 on the road. But here, here's just another amazing stat about the Rangers this postseason. 
in the seven games that they've won, every time a Ranger pitcher has gone out to the mound in these seven games, they've had a lead. They've never not been trailing, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. For seven games, not one inning, the only time the Rangers even trailed in their seven games was, I believe it was game it was game two in Baltimore. Baltimore scored two runs in the bottom of the first inning. Well, then the Baltimore pitcher goes out in the top of the second, and the Rangers put up five runs. So when the Ranger pitcher took them out in the bottom of the second, he had a 5-2 lead. So the only time the Rangers have even trailed in the playoffs was when they fell behind 2-0 at the end of the first inning in, in game two against the Orioles. But yet they scored five runs in the very next half inning. So, I mean, it's it's a complete domination. As I mentioned yesterday, it's just like, please don't wake me up from this Ranger dream. It just nobody expected this. We expected them to play decent, play hard, play well. We knew they were a good team. They showed it in numerous different spurts all season long. But did anybody expect 7-0 and and 6-0 and on the road? No. <laughs> Not in a million years. But they've turned it on at the right time, and that's all baseball is, is – Fuck what happens in the first six months of the season. It does not matter. Just get yourself into the dance. Get yourself into the playoffs and take a chance and see what happens because you just don't know. Nobody knows. And look at what the Rangers have done. So tonight, game three, Globe Life Field, Max Scherzer, who hasn't pitched in over a month. I don't know how many innings he's going to go. I don't know what his pitch count's going to be, but... If there's anybody I want on the mound in a postseason game, yes, there's been some great postseason pitchers. I am all in on Max Scherzer pitching tonight because he is such a gamer. He can tough out anything. Now, if he gets lit up for five runs in the first inning, I'll probably be like, oh, what a stupid decision to pitch a guy who hasn't pitched in a month. No, it's Max Scherzer. If he says he's healthy and ready to go and he's thrown on the side and he's thrown some simulated games and he's been hitting mid-90s on the gun, you let him go. I don't know for how long. Maybe he goes three or four innings. Maybe he goes 60, 70 pitches. I don't know. I have no idea what their plan is for him tonight. But I know Globe Life Field will be absolutely rocking, considering this is only the second playoff game they've gotten to see this postseason, while their team has been jaunting all around the United States winning road games. Tampa, Baltimore, Houston. Finally. Finally. The Rangers have come back. You know who that is. That would be the Rock. But yeah, game number two for the Rangers at home in the postseason. Pretty crazy to think about. I can't imagine that's really ever happened before. That you're playing in game three of the ALCS and it's only your second home game of the playoffs. Mind boggling. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. Pass it along to your friends. Get started on that three-team 10-point teaser. Let's go under on Saints-Jacksonville tomorrow night. Let's go under Ohio State and Penn State on Saturday. Under 55.5, Jacksonville Saints under 50, and I'll give you a third team tomorrow to fill in. Thank you all for listening. Pass it along to your friends. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.